Hey, welcome to the Art of Pastoring podcast. I am your host, Jared C. Wilson, here as usual with my my fellow artful pastor, Ronnie Martin. Ronnie, how you doing today? Oh man, that's going to get me in trouble, what you just said. <laughs> Am I going to get sued for impersonating a pastor? You know, the last time I checked... Impersonating a professor who used to be a pastor? (laughs) Last time I checked with Jared C., he has a lot of, like, lawsuits out there, so he'll just add this to his stack, you know? Yeah, I mean... It's not going to be a... That's all right. I I mean, in some sense, I've been impersonating a pastor since January of last year when they ordained me, and I feel very much like an impersonator most days. Yeah, you you and every other pastor in America. (laughs) That's what I hear. I hear I'm not alone in that. Well, except for the ones that don't feel like they're doing that, and then I, I'm worried about those guys. Right? It's true. The guys who are like, I am, I'm quintessential pastor. Yeah, I woke up and get, get a little nervous. Yeah, you get a little nervous because it's like I don't know, you know, these dudes that like were born with like a, a the badge, you know, pastor so and so, you know, somewhere on their diaper, and you just kind of go, yeah, I don't know, it's not really supposed to work that way, is it? You know. <laughs> yeah, I was called to ministry at 16, and I've been the perfect pastor ever since. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, as as listeners may have gathered, Ted's not with us today, so we get to do a thing that he would – I don't think he would care about, which is the why it, it works better to do when he's not here. He's not offended. He just doesn't – he just doesn't care. So we get to talk about pastoring today, and you threw out the idea of, well, if we were going to talk about pastor stuff, what about – what about the – the challenges, the uniqueness, the the differences in pastoring in kind of a post-COVID world. Yeah. And by post-COVID, I don't mean that it doesn't exist anymore, listeners. You know, put your shirt back on, you're fine. But rather that the it's not imposing the same restrictions, and it has really changed the feel of how church works and the rhythms of things. So yeah. let's just throw it out. Let me throw it out there broadly to you. Like, what are the... What are the most sort of tangible differences to you? You know, you walk into church on a Sunday now versus fall of 2019 and you know and you're like oh this is this is not what it once was what's what's the the biggest difference you notice i think the biggest thing i noticed was um and this is this is beginning to fade which i'm really glad of but i think one of the things i noticed was that you know in in before you know i you know i would walk in i would walk into our building and you know it starts filling up and I, you know, I'm making, I move towards people and I see new people and, Hey, what's going on? It's good to meet you. Um, and, you know, ch- try to create kind of a culture of like warmth and, you know, kind of welcoming vibes, you know, that kind of a thing. And then what I kind of noticed was that, you know, going through COVID, um, experiencing the loss, you know, members exiting for all kinds of various reasons, all the same stuff that happened everywhere. It kind of created a hyper awareness to where I would I would still go in and do that because I wanted to be aware of not to shrink back, um, but yet there was um, I was very um, I became very flinchy and I became very you know um, again almost hyper aware and just slightly uncomfortable and just that mm-hmm. thing where you're kind of wondering what everybody's wondering even though you know most people aren't wondering a thing but like it's it's hard not to <laughs> it's hard not to feel that way you know. 
Yeah, if, if we all laid our mental cards on the table, they would all be blank. But we all think that somebody <laughs> else is holding, like, anxious cards. And they're like, not really, I'm fine. But I'm just worried that you're not fine. So I know. I'm going to act like I'm not fine. And, and it all goes off the rails. I know. It's weird. And I think, and it's like, I always tell people this. I always tell other pastors this. I said, believe it or not, like, you are not the first person that your congregation thinks about when they wake up in the morning. You're really not. Um, they really have other stuff going on. And if you are, it could be for a good reason. It could be that they're thinking about you or something you said or they're praying for you. It, it's probably largely not negative unless you have somebody who has, you know, just some overarching issues that are, you know, that you're probably already dealing with anyway. Right. Yeah, you're getting all of the emails from them that have suggestions for how to improve things or my old church did it this way or, you know. Here, here are links to an article by somebody. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the weirdest for me, and again, this has faded, and I'm really grateful for that, was the sense of <clears throat> the realization that making people feel welcome became the opposite of what it used to be. You know, it used to be like handshake, you know, kind of close conversation, not being a close talker, but, you know, you're, you're standing there, you're looking them in the eye, and now it was like waving from four feet away yeah. and sort of... Quick, carry on into your seat. I'll just let you know that I'm I'm glad you're here briefly without having a five-minute conversation asking how you're doing or how you found our church or whatever. So welcoming became the opposite of what it used to be. It was like least contact, shortest conversation, physical distance. Totally. And so all of a sudden, church where, you know, it might have been the one place people were going to have a meaningful conversation became a place where they absolutely would not have a meaningful conversation for a while. And that... Man, that was a that was a tough stretch just because it felt uh I mean something was so tangibly missing from yeah from church, you know, like it's not it, church isn't just supposed to be sermon and singing and stuff, but all of the the kind of the glue of the relational stuff and that was all just kind of cracked and broken. But the effects of that I still feel because it's like people are out of practice in being normal friends. I don't know. Do you do you get that in your congregation where you just kind of sense that like people people aren't people aren't naturally they they've lost their their kind of instinct and and natural ability to like chit chat with people to welcome a yeah, new person sure. to walk up and go hey we haven't met like there's just sort of a like I don't know what to do with my hands or my voice and this is all very awkward thing that's sort of the, the still sort of the vibe yeah no I agree I think I think where we have noticed it. Um, specifically is with those people who were sort of our greatest exports of, you know, invitational welcoming, you know, um, you know, kind of personalities. And they have come to me and they have said, you know, I got to tell you, I'm having, I'm really struggling. You know, the way that we were pre COVID it, I'm so out of exactly what you just said. They've literally used that phrase with me. They said, man, I am so out of practice that, you know, can you pray for me? Can you help me? Can we talk about this? Because I feel like, you know, even in our, because, you know, we have this big time after the service where everybody's hanging out and eating and they're just like, and I feel like I'm, I'm just I'm, like, I'm sitting in a corner and I'm like, who are you? This is not you. This is not me. Like, why are you doing, like, why aren't you engaging with people, you know, like you used to? And I think it's just what you said. It's just like, we, we, we sort of developed a new normal and it's going to take a lot of intentionality for us to just kind of step out of that and back into, you know, really what we're called to do, which is, you know, get, get close with people, but it's hard. When I, I see that even, even more so outside the walls of the church, like I feel like in the last yeah. several months, 
we've, you know, as a church, I don't want to say we've turned a corner, but there's, it's just sort of been a progressive gr- kind of growth into this feels like a good rhythm. Like the, the, there's warm greeting, there's people hanging out and like, instead of just immediately vacating the premises after service, people are hanging around and talking. There's, 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 you know, there's life in the building. It's the getting people to commit to stuff outside of church yeah. where, you know, cause, cause for whatever, a year and a half, two years, the easiest thing in the world to do was to decline an invitation. Yeah. You know, sorry, I can't make it. Or don't feel comfortable in that context, or we were exposed to COVID, or whatever. This is, you know, there's just a, a litany of reasons, and so things like small groups, or our discipleship groups, or any sort of church gathering that isn't Sunday morning, and for some people, even that one, they just yeah. there's like oh, yeah. an a, like a, a, a social inertia where it still feels difficult to just do the natural thing of like, oh, why don't we have them over for dinner, you know? And so there's there's a there's just yeah it's like it's like people are bogged down and have have forgotten that it's really easy to say why don't y'all come over Thursday night I'll throw something on the grill or what whatever that whatever that the easy invitation is people are like social stuff feels huge and heavy and burdensome and so there that momentum doesn't feel like it's back yet <laughs> right yeah no i i totally agree i think you know it, it it's like I, I feel like regardless of whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, like the easiest thing is to disengage, you know, like we've had so dude, we've, we've had so much time getting like getting acquainted with our living rooms and our couches and our, in our TVs. I mean, and like, those are, I mean, those are companions. I mean, those have become like, those have become like very comforting nonverbal companions for us. And except, I think, except that people spent two years complaining about it. So it's like, they hate this thing. It's like Stockholm syndrome. It's like they fell in love with their captor almost, and it's their living room. Well, no, I mean that's true too. And I think, I think that there is. It's one thing to say I'm feeling isolated and I hate everything that's happening, and I want to get back out into the world. I want things to open up so I can reengage. It's another thing when it starts to happen, and then you're forced to have to do it, right? Because what you find then is like. And again, I, this is probably unpopular, but I think a lot of laziness has taken over, right? Like there was, oh, yeah. so, there was no reason to have to engage. There was no reason to have to walk out the front door. In fact, nobody was even asking you because you couldn't or you shouldn't. And so, you know, I really do think we're having a laziness problem in a lot of ways. And people can spiritualize that laziness problem, right? And, they, and, and who, who can argue now, right? So we're at this place where it's like, I'm not comfortable – um, going out or I'm not comfortable engaging with groups of more than five people. And, you know, so there's this thing where we're, it, we're in a sense, not allowed to argue with them or challenge them, you know, because we need to be sensitive to that. And we do need to be sensitive to that. But um, I think, I, I think maybe as pastors, are we, my question to you would be, are we, is there a time, and we've been talking about this uh, as elders, is there a time to say, Hey, we have to we have to really be a little more overtly encouraging now and say, hey, guys, it's really time to, to re-engage, you know, with this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, man, we've talked about that a lot as a staff. And then I was on I was on the phone yesterday with a, a friend who's on staff at a church in Illinois, and they they, they have had a, a much higher level of restrictions, probably right. uh, maybe similar to Ohio than we have in Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is is on the lower end of all the restrictions and, and has been for a while. So we've had it easier in some yeah. ways. Hey, Florida. Um, hey, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're no Florida, but we're, you know, we're, we're Florida's hat in some way. (laughs) Um, And, and so, but yeah, talking about that exact thing and where we've landed as a staff and, and the pastors is that 
we just generally feel like berating people or making them feel berated doesn't, you know, it's not very effective, you know, especially not in a church culture like ours, where that's, that's not where we normally go. Yeah, for sure. And so the the direction we've gone instead is, is and this is going to be kind of the, the rude way to put it, is to make them feel left out. Mm. To have enough going on in the life of the church that if they are insisting on staying away, they feel like the outsider looking in. So the, the invitation is always there. We want you back. You're welcome back. We want the whole church here. This yeah. would be great. But if you're not here, you're missing out on something significant, something fun, something, you know, palpably good. Um, you know, we, it, we did little things like we've had a live stream for years, but it was always, it was just very basic. And mm-hmm. then during the, the worst of COVID lockdown, we put more investment into it since everybody had to worship from home. Yeah. And we've just kind of de-emphasized it where we're not, we still care about the people who are watching, especially cause we have, you know, business travelers and people who work at hospitals on the weekends and, and musicians and stuff. So we, we want to serve them, but we don't make it in a point of emphasis, the, the service is much more aimed at the people in the room than it is kind of a split congregation, some digital, some in person. So, yeah, the, the idea basically being like we can't berate those people back. We can't even we, we can't we can't even necessarily correct their thinking as much as just try to create a situation where they feel like, man, if I'm not there, I'm I'm really missing out. Yeah, and, and I I like that. I think I think it's I think it's largely worked and then there's some people who have just fallen off and I don't know that we're ever going to get them back. Well, and I think that's true and we we're experiencing that right now. Um people that are, you know, they they've been they've just they're still on the fringes and you know, we will reach out to them and they'll say no, we're we're still with you, but here's the th- three or four reasons why we don't feel like it's a good time for us to come back even though, you know, you're kind of looking around, you're going, but Hey, hold on one second. Like I like I see you on Instagram. I see you posting like these events that you're at. I see you posting like these birthday parties and these gatherings that you're at. It, you know, it, it's not really adding up why you're not coming back on a Sunday. But oh yeah. You know, I don't know that I necessarily want to go there and say that to them because again, like you just said, um, you know, I'm not I'm not here to um, I'm not here to to be quarrelsome with them, but I do want to encourage them and say, hey, th- this is affecting your life. Like this lack of engagement, it really is having an effect on your life, whether you can tangibly like feel it or not. There's going to be some fruit to this down the road, and so let me help you yeah. with that because we want there to be good fruit or as much good fruit as there can potentially be. Um, but that only happens if you're if you're hanging with us, you know. Yeah, I think that the biggest effect for us as as uh, you know church staff and leadership in making the switch from let's try to get these people back to let's focus on the the congregation that is among us or you know that that kind of thing yeah. is we just have a lot more energy and joy in what we're doing when we're not constantly focusing on what's missing, totally. but rather, okay, how do we do really well with what's here? Absolutely. How do we shepherd well? How do we lead well? How do we, you know, how does plan services, all that stuff. And, and that, that sounds, it can sound a little snotty, you know, in the sense of like, we just don't care about those people. It's more a matter of, we have really limited capacity and efforts yeah. that we can give. And we, you burn yourself out and and become pretty discouraged when you're constantly chasing the people who aren't there. And and I don't think this is supposed to be a situation like the, the parable of the the you know the ninety nine sheep and the one where the shepherd leaves the ninety nine and goes like that's not a pastor's job. 
Yeah. <laughs> the pastor's yeah. job is to take care of the flock. And in this case, it, 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 I don't think that's, I don't think there's a, I don't think it's analogous. And so just giving the limited amount of energy, passion, joy we have to the people who, who are there is, is healthier. And, and I imagine you, you've probably seen some of this. Like I saw you post something recently on a Sunday and you're like, y'all had a full house on a Sunday morning, which f- continues to feel miraculous to me every time we have a similar situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's, you know, you, you see new people coming in because people are coming out of the pandemic shutdown and seeking something. Yeah. And so we have more new faces at Emmanuel than, you know, than we ever could have expected at, you know, at this point in history, just in terms of everything's been crazy. But like, it feels like half our church are people who I, who have been there less than six months or a year. And okay. So we've lost some people and that's, that's hard but also, how are we caring for all these people who are just showing up eager to be part of whatever is going on? Yeah, and I think that's a really, I think that's an important point. You know, um, I think what you said is important. It doesn't mean that you don't care about the ones that are still struggling or still have one foot in and one foot out. There just comes a point to where, like, we have limitations. We're not telepathic. Um, all we can do is say, hey, the doors are open for you like they are for everybody. We care about your experience with COVID, which again, we're not we're not trying to we're not trying to say that is the same for everybody. We're not trying to say that you may not have concerns that are valid and that are different and that are more serious than some of the other people that have come back. That's all fine. Um so we're we are going to we are gonna check in with you um, you know, on a you know, however you want to define regular basis, but we do have a we, It's the same for us, Pipe. We have all these new people coming in. We just had one of our, you know, we just had our, we just had a membership class, you know, a month ago, and we had a phenomenal, you know, like turnout for it. And all those things are really encouraging given what the last two years have been. And so, yeah, there's a sense where we are limited. We're a small staff. We only have so much time. And so you got to understand that if you walk through those front doors, you are going to get the majority of our time and attention. But if, if you're not for whatever reason, and it may be a valid reason, um, there is going to be limitations with that. That's why we're really encouraging you to, to get reengaged for sure. Um, because again, this, this is a physical thing going on here. Like there, there's only so much we can do. And there's even only so much encouragement we, we can give you while still respecting where you're at, but also wanting to kind of nudge you a little bit and go, Hey, you know, maybe it's time to rethink how you've been thinking about this and to ask whether your thoughts have become a little distorted and how you've how you've kind of worked this stuff out in your head, you know? Yeah, and I think I think it sounds like you guys are kind of leaning this way. We've certainly tried to pr- go this way is COVID is not a thing we talk about. Right. In terms of like at least not, you know, like in church service. We're, we're, we're not here to talk about, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of working around these obstacles. It's, we just, we just do church, you know, there's worship, there's kids ministry, there's, you know, yeah. we will answer questions when they're asked, you know, how safety measures or whatever. But I mean, I had a conversation with my dad, you know, when churches reopened after the shutdown oh, yeah. in, you know, late 2020. And he, he commented on the difference in how churches handle this. He's like, you know, is that a church? And it felt like week after week, they were standing up and talking about the burden of the COVID restrictions. And so it was like you walked into church and the first thing you heard was a reminder of the discouragement. 
And then yeah. he said, yeah. and when I watched the live stream of how you guys are doing it, you stand up there and you talk about gathering together and praying and worshiping, just like, which in reality felt very novel, but it was just normal church. Yeah. And we've just tried to run, basically just keep running that play. Like, yeah, COVID exists. Everybody has to think about how we handle it individually. We assume that if you're here, you've thought about it. And our job is to shepherd us into corporate worship. Let's go. And not, we just don't, we just don't make a thing out of it, which is not the same as denying. It's just like, we assume that everybody's a responsible adult who's made the necessary decisions about vaccines, about masks. If somebody wants to wear a mask to church, we've got people who do. Great. They're welcome. If they don't want to wear a mask, great. They're welcome too. Don't care. Um, and, and it's just, it's, so it's become a like, as much as possible, an entire background issue in the same way that like flu season is. We assume that if your kids have flu, the flu, you keep them at home. Right. If you have the flu, you stay at home. If you don't have the flu, you come to church. It's it's kind of gravitated more towards common sense than like social issue that we all need to engage. Yeah, I think, you know, at some point, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like things are going to be part of what part of what it means for things to come back to normal is that we are normalizing the things that were always normal for us is that that's what you're describing like what we're here to do we're here to do something very specific on a sunday morning or on yeah. a wednesday night and we just got to get back to doing that and we're going to leave it up to you whether you feel like it's the right time to to reengage but at the same time we also want to tell you that the benefits um that you've experienced in the past from being involved in a gathering and in a fellowship you're really only going to experience those things if, wait for it, you actually come and join in the party, you know? And I think that's, uh, and I think we're seeing, you know, so here's what's interesting for for what, what what's going on with us right now is that, you know, so when, when 2020 hit and, you know, all the stuff, you know, all the political unrest and masks and mandates and all the stuff that's popping up that's causing a lot of polarization and people are getting angry or people are having disagreements and people are exiting due to those particular issues. And then now I think what we're experiencing. I don't remember any yeah, disagreements. I, right, exactly. About. And now I think what we're seeing is people that have just, they're not particularly angry. Um, they, they didn't have a bunch of disagreements, but they kind of they kind of faded out or they they you know laziness kind of entered into their life because dude you know PJs and pancakes on Sunday morning is sweet you know and it's like hard to not want to do that and so that became more of their lifestyle and now um for a bunch of different reasons they're they're just really they're really having a hard time like readjusting their lifestyle because again when a life it's it's a lifestyle thing right like it, when your lifestyle you know when your lifestyle becomes locked into something it's really really hard mm -hmm. to change that and so we were forced to change it so there there was not even an option in changing a lot of this lockdown well, especially stuff, you know? especially when your lifestyle becomes smaller exactly like yeah you know, the, the shrinking down of on a Sunday morning, all I need to do is walk into the kitchen, get my coffee, and then go sit down on the couch with the remote. That's church. Like, that's the smallest version of of kind of life and on a Sunday morning. To expand that feels like taking on an enormous amount of burden. I have to get up earlier. I have to get dressed. I have to brush my teeth. I have to drink <laughs> crappy church coffee, although at your church, I'm sure it's not good. I mean, you know, it's and it's it's, it's okay. I mean, it's yeah, it's not elite, but it's not traditional like Southern Baptist church coffee in the style. I hope we're better I'm than sure. that. But I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm certain you are. So, 
it's but like yeah so so when when life has shrunk down and that's become the default it's even harder to change because it feels like adding something is like a carrying around seven thousand pounds of decision making or something no i know and that yeah and that's and that's the thing i you know it's so funny because it's a, a lot of it is I don't ever discount personalities, right? And uh, I don't, that to me is always a big thing. Um, some people, we have some people that, I mean, COVID only affected them in the sense that it, you know, it, it affected them the way it affected everybody in some tangible ways, but they never missed a Sunday. They always, you know, whatever, whatever sort of mandate we had to throw out there with masks, they, they just did it. It wasn't a big deal to them. I mean, so their value was, hey, we don't want to miss out and we don't want to lose you know the culture that we've created here and we know that we need to stick with it to maintain a semblance of it so that when this all lifts there's something still there and so that became kind of the it's probably the same for your church that became kind of the core of the church people that were happy to be there of course nobody liked masking up blah 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 but they just did it because what was more important was the culture we had created and trying to continue that so that when everything gets back to normal you know we we actually have we have something that's you know, kind of intact. And so it's funny because people just were, you know, they were, they were resilient in that way. And then I, in not everybody's as resilient, you know? And so I think you're just seeing kind of how it's all been parsed out and, you know, and this is sort of the aftermath as we're kind of entering into this next season. And I think, I think one of the least helpful things that we do as pastors and you and I have probably both done it half a dozen times on this podcast already, is use the term normal or back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Because, because what does that even matter? You know, like it's, yeah. if, as a church and society and whatever, like we're just constantly moving forward. <clears throat> it's, we, this is like our generation's version of pining away for the good old days that were two and a half <laughs> years ago. And, you know, some people want to revert to like the 1950s, we want to revert to the the 2019s yeah. and and i think you just we just have to kind of shrug and be like whatever those days are gone yeah and if we ever regain a semblance of that great if not what is what is thriving and joy and community and corporate worship look like today and and so it, i think our job is not to constantly be like man we're so close to back to normal but rather to kind of define an understanding of health now. Yeah. Man, this is what it looks like to be part of a genuine church community today. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a little bit more fluidity in it because because COVID still exists and people are like, sorry, I was exposed. I can't show up. Okay, well, we're going to make some last minute pivots on that volunteer team or that small group leadership or whatever. And But that's different than like, oh, we're not back to normal yet. It's just like, no, that is, that's just today's context. Yeah, that's... We, we've... We flex a little bit. There's a little bit more fluidity in who can show up. There's maybe a little more turnover in the congregation. Yeah. Okay. What is thriving today look like? How do we, how do we point, how do we point people in that direction instead of constantly going comparison to like kind of the default comparison to back to normal? Yeah, I think that's really good. I'm going to remember that too. That's helpful for me to make sure that I'm not using that, you know, that kind of that language that almost like um, we're walking, we're walking around in sort of this fog of nostalgia. Which is like if we can only if yeah. things can only return, and you know, and then you, and then you get sort of the other side of it, which says you know nothing's going to return. This is the new normal. It's like well, that's not true because you know, hey, on Sunday it it felt just like it really has on any other Sunday 
two years and you know back and beyond right so it's like we don't have to we don't have to get overly extreme about it on the other sense but yes i think what you to your point it's just saying hey we're moving forward with some new and some different things based on the reality of where we are let's not pine away let's not be angry about it that's what i've encouraged people to do so again part of what i've done to step through you know mainly our leaders who are frustrated with people that um, either aren't volunteering anymore or do volunteer and at a moment's notice cancel because now it's easy to cancel, right? We're, we're, we're used to yeah. like just saying, nope, I can't, you know, uh, you know, you know, Tina has the sniffles, so we're not coming. Whereas before they would push through maybe a little bit more. And so that has become massively frustrating for, I think, a lot of our leaders. And so I think it's just reminding them too, like, hey, it's okay. Like, this is just where we're at. This is just what we have now. And you know what? That, that's probably not going to be forever either. But it's, we're not just going to, it's not going to be sort of like a, an, an open closed door thing where we, we were, we were closed in, the door opens and now everybody's out and it's all green sky, you know, blue skies and green fields it's just not going to be that yeah way, you know well and i i was i was speaking to a, a group of high school students uh recently and i used an analogy of it was it was when we used to be able to visit airports before the tsa oh, yeah. so you know you could go meet people at the totally. gate you know so you'd go through a, 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 an x-ray scanner and it took like 30 seconds you just walked up to the gate so you could meet people at the gate your whole family could be there it's big reunions and they stared at me like I was talking about, hey, you remember that one time we lived on Jupiter? And uh, and I feel like there's a, you know, whereas now when we go to the airport, nobody loves the TSA, but you're just kind of like, well, this is this is You're not travel. even thinking twice you just about gotta it. You just kind of do it. Yeah. 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 And so there's an element of that here where we might never regain all of the freedoms we had, but at some point it's going to be like, it's not going to be, it's not going to feel restrictive. It's just going to feel like this is... This is part of navigating life. And I, I think that's part of it for us is just helping people realize like, yeah, this is this is how we navigate this. Well, there's some safety considerations. There's, you know, being generous to people who call off at the last minute, you know, get at least, you know, generous in spirit. And at some point, it just stops being a thing. We just need to help accelerate it, not be a thing. Yeah. And I think just into not like to your last point, too, um, which was a little bit what I was saying was like, don't don't find all these occasions to, you know, to be, to increase your frustration and your anger towards people. Yes. You have to just, you have to let things be so that you can lead with, with grace and forgiveness because man, there's just, there's too many opportunities now to just be riled up all the time, be, be just constantly aggravated. And we just can't, we can't do that, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could go on, but I know you have a uh, you have like a two minute warning to to get out of here and go do pastoring things. Yeah, go do blanket. all the things we're talking about it, yeah. in a post COVID world, oh, as snap. they say. Uh, but listeners, before we sign off um, of this Art of Pastoring Happy Rant podcast, we wanted to let you know about our live show, The Last Laugh, coming up in April. We have details. You probably heard about it on last week's episode. It will be Monday, April 18th. At 7 p.m., it will be at Sojourn Church in New Albany, Indiana, which sounds like a very random location, except that it's 10 minutes from downtown Louisville, where T4G will be taking place. So if you're planning to go to T4G, or if you live somewhere in the middle of America and you want to drive in, Monday, April 18th, 7 p.m., Sojourn, New Albany, you can get tickets at thehappyrant.com. We actually have two ticket options. We have a standard $20 ticket option. That's just you get you get full access to the show just like you always have. And then we have a premium ticket option, which includes a 
limited edition Last Laugh t-shirt designed by our brilliant friend Josh Byers, as well as some other goodies, stickers, and the like. And that's $45. So you get a t-shirt, you get some other goodies, and you get your ticket. Uh, so thehappyrant.com, look for the live show link. You can get them there. We would love to see you out there. It will be a ton of fun. Uh, it will not be our last laugh, but it will be our last laugh with the Together for Calvinism conference that we so love and adore. Ronnie, any final words? Dude, I'm stoked. Um, it's going to be good times. Um, uh, you know, anybody that has joined us in Louisville for some of these live events, they've been super fun, um, super off the chart, and we're hoping this one's going to be no different. So love for you to make the commitment, buy the ticket, drive in, make a thing out of it, make a long weekend out of it. Yeah, bring bring your bring your pastoral residents, bring your church staff, bring your interns, your cohorts, your colloquiums, whatever that group is that you do, <laughs> you know, intensely pastoral things with. Bring all of them. We would love it. So listeners, thanks for tuning into another artful pastoring episode of The Happy Rant. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.